I don't take your damn sheep. I'm taking it. It's been so long since we've done this. I feel like a virgin again. Uh, I don't know what to say to that. Why don't you, you say? Need me to pop your cherry. <laughs> well, you could say, "Hey, <laughs> what's going down <laughs> here on the cherry popping virgin pot?" <laughs> what's up? Uh, I, I just don't. Uh, I don't have brain functioning right now. I do, and I don't. Like you know. All right. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, this might not be good, actually. Well, none of them are good, but no, not not a good concept. It's kind of it might be toxic. Oh, let's do it. So, hey, what's going down? You're on the toxic pod. <laughs> so when I thought about letting go of defects. Yeah. I, um, so, you know. Being ready to let go means to just be kind of fed up of it. And um, the reasons why I'm not ready with certain ones is that, you know, you see the good part. Th there, there's good sides to the defect and the bad. Well, yeah. Every single one of them. So I think what's holding most people on is not, you know, seeing, is you know, you see the bad parts, you're like, man, I'm so sick of it. But there are unconscious moments where you're seeing the good parts of it. Ooh. And you are not ready to let go of the good parts. You're always like, shit, this shit sucks. I'm tired of being this way. Oh, my God. And then something comes up and you just kind of like utilize it in your own way to, you know, make it better for yourself. And then it just like goes by and then like it's it's there and it, you know, served you and you didn't even realize it. So I think it's really important to see both sides. But I think that I am way, way thinking too deep on this. Because, um... If I start seeing the good and all of my defects, you know, and be ready to like go of them all, I mean, I'm, I can't just be fucking perfect. So it's like, I don't know, it's weird. But no. Yeah. So, God, I hate how I always run in circles. Um, yeah. So just scratch the last part I said because it's dumb. I'm gonna let you I mean, talk. you could have stopped talking and let me talk for a minute. Jeez. <laughs> Welcome to the Anapod. <laughs> Steven can fuck off. Um, nah, so like, yeah, like, defects are born for a reason. We create them as protection. They serve a purpose. It's just we abuse them. We misuse them. They, they kind of like create a life of their own in a way. And then they cause problems. You know, if, if when we first create all these defects, when we create denial, it's to protect us from something. It's to safeguard us. It's to 
um, you know, help us deal with something we're not ready to deal with. Same thing with like, I mean, fuck, probably like lying and, you know, just any defect that we have, shutting down, closing people off, they all start as a form of protection and they have benefits. Maybe we closed ourselves off from people who we needed to close ourselves off from, but we didn't have the balls or we didn't have the like capacity or even knowledge to set boundaries or like make changes. You know what I mean? Maybe we were like kids or like dependent on people and we were stuck in those situations we couldn't just you know hop out of but then they become these things these habits that we then use and cause problems with that we don't see their problem problems because they're just starting to become problems kind of like with drug use like Mm -hmm. it becomes a problem before it's like a smack in your face noticeable i have a problem problem At first, it's just causing little rifts, and we may not know why or just be naive to it or denial from it. So anyway, there's, like, so many levels to this. But then, yeah, like what you're saying, and I never really thought of it like that. I mean, I probably have in one way or another, like, we know we don't want to let our defects go for a certain reason. I've always thought of the protection side, but I've never thought of, like, it in a good side. And it's kind of like with addiction, like, you know... You have to be ready. You have to first see things in like a total package because there is no fun time, get high, get buzzed, you know, have fun without the attachment, without the dependency, without the obsession that comes along with it that comes for us. So to let go, to to lose the negative, we also had to give up the positive. So it's kind of the same thing with defects. Like once they no longer serve you, once you hit that unmanageability, once you can put in perspective and stop seeing them as two different things. Oh, well, how can I manage to use this defect and keep it but not have the negative side effects? Like That's more like addiction thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, I'm just going to try it my way. It's going to work. And, you know, same thing with trying to get clean. So like, yeah, like. It's just one of those things you got to be ready to let go of the armor, knowing that, you know, you got to work on that inner strength and say, okay, I'll survive without this protection because it's also hurting me. Ooh, it's like armor that's on me, but then it also has spikes on the inside. Mm -hmm. So the armor that protects me from your spears also spears me. That's Good all shit. Got. That's all I got. <laughs> well, that not, was the pod. Not bad for a virgin. <laughs> I, so it lasted like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot shorter than mine. <laughs> no, um, yeah. So like, just like addiction. You know, I had to be ready to let go of, like, the partying and the fun times. So, I know that, you know, like, for example, like, anxiety. The good side of it is I am prepared for the worst thing that can happen. Always. Mm -hmm. But that feeling of preparedness, because that's what I know, that's all I've known. 
that feels safer and that feels better than anything else such that taking you know getting letting go of the defect letting go of anxiety so i keep clinging on to that because in my perspective that is the best feeling but there's a way better feeling without the anxiety with just simply enjoying everything presently and we'll see like people don't even know that until you know it though right you know like we don't know that getting clean and and living clean with a program or you know advancing in these areas of life feels better than it does getting high numbing out because at the time we only really have to compare it to our unconscious selves before we started using when we were when we knew everything and you know we were identified with all our minds and all that shit right and then the first day or two or times or periods without drugs while we were on drugs which always sucked because we felt all of our feelings we had no awareness so you don't know that that other side exists you know what i mean you just maybe hear about it think it's bullshit or just think it's not possible for you so that's the same thing with like letting go of the anxiety like yes there's a better feeling of peace but you don't know that if you've never known that so you almost have to get there and see evidence for yourself like i could tell you i let go of anxiety i stopped giving a fuck about all the things that i can't control it's great but like to someone who has never experienced that letting go of all these things they can't control letting go of their will to control is scary as fuck that probably comes with a lot of uncertainty a lot of unknown a lot of um kind of just letting go of the wheel and saying well fuck like that means my life's about to be in the hands of the universe like i don't like that because i don't know what that is gonna entail and you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. um and you won't ever know until you get there. So. Like mine's probably vulnerability. Like, I mean, I feel like I'm more vulnerable nowadays, but I'm definitely not just fucking wide open. You know, and I know a lot of people that are. I feel like a lot of times you can be. And, you know, I could see how it's freeing for you and how it, it it's hard sometimes. But you also make like strides past that because of it and i'll see that and i'll like man i want to do that too but there's still that part of me that's just like i don't know if i'm ready for that yet you know yeah so like it's you basically just have to get to a point where the bad gets worse than the good is good the bad gets more bad than the good is good the the amount of badness outweighs mm. the amount of goodness. The badassery <laughs> outweighs the awesomeness. No, I can't. Ah, basically, just <laughs> you have to get so fed up that the good isn't even worth it anymore. Right. That the pain, the fear of the unknown. The fear of change is less scary than the fear of staying the same. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, same thing with drugs. Like, drugs were, like, cool for me for a long time. Like, I... For... So... There was a long time where it was fun in the beginning, right? And it was just mm-hmm. little little pieces of stuff I don't like. But acceptable. Rationalized. Then there was this long period in the middle where it was just a whole lot of... I like this. I don't like this. What the, what what am I doing? Why why do I feel like this? You know, God, I wish I could stop, but I can't stop. I like getting high. Blah blah blah. You know, and it's. I mean, I'm talking probably ten years of that, not mm. not long spaces in there where I'm just loving it, and not long spaces where I'm hating it. Just a love hate relationship. It's it's littered in my music. It's in all the things I used to write. It is just a huge part of me, like in my conversations with my friends. Well, like I'd be killing the vibe sometimes because I'm just like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, and fuck. And I just remember that feeling. Then towards the end, it started to be like, you know, but by then it's a habit. It's this ingrained part of my lifestyle. But it's just more and more evident that this is not vibing. And and once you get to that point. Hopefully you get to a point where you're willing to give recovery a shot and you're like, all right, this has to stop because. Otherwise, it's just all downhill from there. It doesn't get better after that, you know? Yeah. So which kind of I want to bring into a next topic. Oh, you're trying to do another topic. Let's go. Well, how long I guess you're just gonna this? pick them all tonight. No, not I was gonna pick one, but no, I'm just okay. Kidding. Go I'm on. Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm this kidding. This one's like perfect. All right, let's go. So, reading this person, the holistic psychologist. Okay. And she's talking about something called a homeostatic impulse, which is uh, the definition patterns. Of behavior stored within body survival mode and basically or stored within body which is the survival mode the subconscious autopilot which i wonder if that is where the defects stem from or you know if that's how defects are formed it's whatever you know in the moment that you chose to you know basically survive with whatever emotions you were undergoing like um I I don't know but I feel like I had so much to say on this and now I'm just blank so I'm kind of confused on what you mean like so kind of like a core set like go-to move for survival mode like when i when i hit a point this is what i do because it's like that stored behavioral energy like this is my pattern yeah just like an immediate impulse okay that you cannot you're it's almost impossible for you to be unaware of like say a trigger right Mm. you know like for for me, my instant trigger is to feel alone and abandoned. Um, yours is probably like you're being manipulated. You need to isolate immediately. Mm-hmm. And or, you know, just during like conversations like um, 
to get angry and defensive or to, you know, get anxiety about something immediately when you just, you know, hear something. It's like, oh, you know, or so it's like, more the feeling, not the action. It's both. OK. Like, so, yeah, I kind of I mean, feeling then like thought. So first thought, feeling, then action. OK. So yeah. the, the holy trinity. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I kind of get that because, like, once upon a time, my pattern and the patterns can change, mm -hmm. you know, like once upon a time, my pattern was get hurt, defensive, offended, whatever. I don't speak on it. I don't get I don't even know what I, I don't know that I'm feeling hurt. I feel anger. So I respond with the anger. I cuss someone out. I think of the shitty things I could say. Oh, and I say them, you know, and I say a lot. So that was the pattern. I changed that pattern with my own choice and growth to no longer say the shitty things that come to my mind. To I would still get angry, still yell and raise my voice. But then slowly over time, all of those changed. But the same feeling is there. So like I still feel attacked i still think the shitty things i still think someone's trying to take something from me but i first started with admitting that like may not always come right out and say like oh you hurt my feelings but i'll definitely speak on the emotion underneath the anger you know what i mean that way i'm a that way i'm hitting the right nerve with myself because i'm not just angry Something there's always something under ang anger is not an emotion. Yeah. Anger is a response to an emotion. Everybody yeah. thinks it's an emotion. You're just mad because of something else. You're disappointed. You're angry. You're hurt. You're, you know, whatever. Well, I just said you're angry, but edit that. <laughs> whatever. Anger to anger. <laughs> you know, you're not angry. You're just angry or angry or mad. No. Um. So. But the impulse is still there. That first impulse is to shut down. So, mm -hmm. so you're either exploding or you're shutting down or you're running or you're fighting that fight or flight. But then like, how do you fight? How do you flight? You know, to me these days, fighting, confronting is first analyzing myself, speaking on it clearly getting to the root of it, but also having the boundaries, being assertive, prioritizing, taking care of myself, being compassionate with, you know what I mean? Like I've just added these things over time. Like I said, it started with just don't say the shitty things because that's bad. Don't, you know, raise your voice. That's bad. Don't call him a bitch because that's bad. You know, things like that. Then it turned into like, okay, I got away from doing the bad and I was neutral, shut down, just quiet, isolating, whatever. Then it got to a point where it was like, no, you need to speak on these things. But you can speak so clearly and directly and honestly, which is hard. It's hard to be honest. Like, it's hard to tell someone something that may be hard to hear or may hurt them. But if it's true for you, you kind of have to, you know, if that's what your truth is. Um, so these, but the feelings are all still there. The stored energy is still there. And it just, ha it just changed how it got redirected for me over a very long period of time. 
and a lot of growth. But I can still feel in heat of moment with intense things, especially that that it's no longer the explode go to, but it's the shutdown go to, you know. Yeah. So what I guess what I'm talking about is just uh, so maybe they are different from defects, but like survival mode tactics like yours is shutting down and like mine um it used to be a disconnection from my emotions mm-hmm. uh, and dissociation i still dissociate where i like just kind of i i i stop focusing on what's around me and i just fly up in my head somewhere else um but over time i guess like those things are a lot of hard work. Um, and like you said, it's only one thing at a time. Like for connecting with my emotions, it took me a year of solid, hard work to get back into myself. And I guess probably dissociating is going to be my next thing. Um, but yeah, like just learning how to be present is like the best medicine for any of that. Yeah, and like presence is the key. That just opens the door to see the truth. Then you have to like almost work on these little moments where you see the truth and know the truth, but you make a different choice. You know what I mean? Like for, like if you don't even see the choice, you're fucked. You you don't even have the option to make the new choice cuz you don't see where the road splits and the choice is made, right? Yeah. But then you learn that there is the road there. You learn about the split. You see that there's a choice, but you still go down the old road. And then it just takes you time before you like regain more and more awareness. Now I'm slowing down before I hit the road, the split. So now I have a choice to go because otherwise I'm full speed ahead. Like I'm just I'm going down this road. You know what I mean? And then, I don't know, you just, it, it it takes so much time. And then there's times where you, you start doing the new behavior, but then, you know, like I said, when things get heavy enough and intense enough, you go to the old one because that's just the fast, quick, easy, that's where I get shot to. It takes, it, it's harder for me to slow down in those moments and see the choice because I'm already fully in it if I don't, you know, catch myself fast enough. But being aware and present is is key to just see what's going on. Shit, back when I did all that stuff, I didn't see none of it. I was I was angry because I was hurt or offended or whatever, but I didn't even know that I was hurt or offended. I just thought I was angry. I thought I was entitled. You know, I'm entitled. How dare you talk to me like this? I'm gonna get even because I can't be no punk. All these unconscious things that all just had one word anger but it was so much going on that i couldn't even dissect until way later until i could start seeing and this is even still what i was using because i i refrained from all the yelling name calling and toxic shit at a point later in my addiction somehow i don't know how but it just got to that point where i started looking back and i'm like hmm you know like I was doing all these things and didn't even realize it. But then 
getting like clean, aware. It's like having already kind of given that type of stuff some thought kind of made that those points come back to me. And then it was like, oh, there was a lot more going on there. So yeah. definitely being present. Now that I'm remembering what actually she was talking about in the book, it was something about like, so the homeostatic impulse itself is stored in the body. So it's like that mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. So when you try to go against what the body is impulses to go to, there's a discomfort. And that discomfort is what it means to step outside of your comfort zone. So I guess the main thing is to be aware that of the discomfort and where it's coming from and that it's just the thing that's stored in your body essentially. So like, you know how you say when you get triggered, like your whole body tenses up, right? And you just feel like so much pressure and you just mm. want to run. That's all in the body, like that mind-body connection. And me wanting to jump outside of my body is like when I get, you know, not good enough triggered. Like, so if I just, and if I try to, um, I don't know what way it would be to like get out of that, but just know that that discomfort is just that impulse. It's surviving. Which I don't really need to serve the environment I'm in right now. I no longer it no longer serves me to do that, to just f flight like that. You know, it's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that comes with time. I mean, like, I'm sure, there's tactics to like work things out through the body because not everything can be handled with the mind. Like we think. You know, that everything can just be thought away or figured out. But yeah, like sometimes that body stuff is just there. Like I know after I got jumped, um, like I got jumped this by a couple guys, but it was pretty decent um, when I was 14. Didn't feel any pain from it. Didn't um, get super hurt. You know, just lost a fight pretty bad. And um, that changed me when it came to like confrontations like i before mm. that i mean i've always been skinny i've always been like you know not the biggest guy but i was like fiery you know chihuahua with a pit bull mouth and just bark on anyone you know whatever and you know would kind of like scare people away you know what i mean and and like when that happened these two dudes were way bigger than me and they were shaking like they two of them in my face and they were just shaking and I'm just like, what? Right. So they rock me. They get balls of steel and I get shook. Like every time I seen them, I just fucking shake. I, like I said, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't worried that like something bad, drastic, like painful was going to happen because I, I don't remember it being drastic or painful at the time. I was like, I shook it off right after it happened. But the trauma from overthinking what could have, should have, would have happened, or I don't even know. Like, anytime 
you know, and I can understand running into them being kind of shaky because of what happened with them specifically. But anytime anything started seeming like something was going to go down, whether with me and someone else or even just around me, like people were getting too tense, too like aggressive, I'd just get really shaky. It was extremely weird. And like, even my head could be like, dude, nothing's happening. I'm not scared of this person. The dude could be like half my size, you know what I mean? And I'd still just overthinking of confrontation would just shake me out. It was crazy. But like thinking about what you're saying, it's not just like a trauma response as far as I mean, it is. But maybe it's also some type of stored energy response, you know? Well, trauma response is stored energy, which is it's stored emotion in your body that was not processed. So every time it gets triggered, it wants to release, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't get to. So, like, you know, the reason why you didn't feel anything is because your body went into complete shock and it was a defense mechanism to just not feel physically or emotionally emotionally wow i can't talk anything (laughs) so i thought you said it right the first time anytime you're around like anything like that you just instantly think oh this thing's gonna happen and those stored emotions want to get released back so um it's crazy how i can learn about myself through triggers about what's happened to me when I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Like there would be moments where, you know, I would be around somebody who like the energy feels like something's going to go down like it did at some other point in my life. And it doesn't. And the person would never do that. But that stored energy is there. And it's super discomforting, but like, I just try to observe it. And yeah, it's really hard though. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you almost have to like recreate situations from your past and make a new choice or give it a new meaning. You know what I mean? Or like, so like this kid um i grew up with in my um neighborhood uh, in boca he like i just remember we must have we were young probably like five or under i feel like it was like two or three but i can't be right because i wouldn't walk to his house at two or three so we'll say like five right i walk down to his house he's just like hey man come here right and we're friends and i walk down there and he just bop Sticks me right in the face. First time I've ever been hit in my life. And I'm like, because I didn't have like brothers and shit growing up. I literally was just like, okay, like, what the, I don't know what just happened Mm -hmm. and walked home, right? Never really thought much of it. We never like confronted it again, but I always remembered it. And, And I always was really confused why that happened. But I don't know for whatever reason, never brought it up. So when I went to the Keys, I um, lived, that, that's who I lived with for the month. And I remember I asked him because I, I didn't know if he'd remember. And it was kind of just like, a, hey, you know, like, what, ha ha, what about this? Right. 
and he got really defensive. Like he got, I think he was like kind of shameful about it. But anyway, like the point was that I confronted him about it. Truly just curious. Like, I just kind of want to know, man, like tell mm -hmm. me, cause I've always wondered. And he got all defensive. And, and also this dude, I've probably fought like three times in um, the neighborhood when we were kids. Cause we always all fought all the time and he'd always win. Like he was just unbeatable to me, you know? So like I ask him this, he, he gets defensive. He he's just flipping out almost like, go ahead and punch me. I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to punch you back. I just was like asking you, like, forget it. So anyway, like it gets heated between us and I just slam him up against the wall and punch like right next to his head. Just cause I'm like, I don't want to hit you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could hit you if I want to. He's, you know, he's a good dude, man. I wouldn't do that. But like, anyway, that situation right there. Now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like kind of broke a lot of that fight insecurity in me. Cause I haven't been shaky since then. You know what I mean? From that jump from, you know, any other fight. Cause I remember like someone else was barking on me in Ocala after I went back um, from the keys. I went back to Ocala for like a month or two before I came back here and someone was all like, I'm in their neighborhood. He's taking his shirt off. He wants to fight. He's flailing around and I'm, I'm cool as can <laughs> fucking be like, I'm literally like, Hey man, like, you know what I mean? I just remember feeling so smooth about it and just so like, nonchalant like if it happens like i guess whatever but i'm not overthinking it and i'm not tripping out and i haven't been in any situation since then because anybody got time for that <laughs> but um that just got me thinking of how i kind of recreated that same situation and had a different outcome so maybe that set like a new internal standard for me i don't know I'll still get shaky if I'm in like really sketchy situations, but that's that anxiety. That's a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that if I'm in a dark neighborhood that I don't belong in or know anybody in that I get a little uneasy, you know? Yeah. Because that's probably telling me I shouldn't be there. Anyway, I felt like that was important. Maybe not, but. Don't make me end on that. Huh? Don't make the pod end on that. <laughs> They're going to be like, why did I listen to the rest of this bullshit? Any other topics? Oh, uh, hold on. Let me bust out my topic holder. Oh, somebody liked my photo. <laughs> one person? Yep, one person. Your mom? No. Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Pod topics. Hmm. I think we had enough. Bedtime. Do you want a fucking topic or do you want to end it? <laughs> How long has it been? It's been 35 minutes. Oh, okay. We can stop. Were you not gonna look at your I did but then you were like you literally were like oh fuck it let's go to bed 
Duke. Oh, um. No, not Duke. No, I guess we could just call it. Okay, one more little tidbit. Oh, God. When you make up your mind, can we talk about indecisiveness? <laughs> Fucking hell. It's when two I'm air signs editing. come together. <laughs> I'm not editing this shit either. Okay. So, something that pisses me off when people tell me. Hmm. For anybody who keeps telling me you can't love anybody or you can't, uh, fuck. You can't love somebody until you love yourself? No, 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 no. Whoa. How can I expect someone to love me and accept me if I don't love and accept myself? So you don't like that? I don't. Oh. Because it's not the way it's being said is it's just so defeating that you know it's already hard enough as it is not loving and accepting yourself and then hearing shit like that like other people don't love you and accept you like that has not been helpful to anybody who struggles with it including myself. So I had to, like, really, really think about this one, because how does that work? How does the way I feel about myself affect how other people feel about me? And it's not about them changing how they feel about me. It's about me not being able to see it or feel it. Because, um, how did I word this? So, the only thing is, you know, there's always going to be people that are going to love me and that are not going to love me, that are accept me and then that are not going to accept me. So, it depends on the person's level of self-acceptance, whether or not they can love me or accept me. You know what I mean? Like, that has nothing to do with me. So, like, if somebody who doesn't accept themselves or love themselves is going to sit there and judge me, that's, or, you know, not be able to accept me, that's, that's about them, you know? That's not about, because I don't love or accept myself. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, I feel like I have a different opinion on it, but I also feel like you're so passionate about this subject that, I don't know if I want to say no, it. No, I, I, I need I need this challenge because because I'm very, very convinced with this. So I feel I like hear your... it's hard to. So like one, I would break apart love and acceptance with attachment and boundaries. And you know what I mean? Like. I feel like unconditional love is not the same as unconditional acceptance. You know, I want to start there. It's, it's one thing to love somebody, to care for somebody. It's another thing to love them in the way that they want to be loved or in the way that you're defining love. Like, let's say I have a partner. Let's say I love this person. I'm not talking about that. 
I'm not, I'm not talking about, about anything you're talking about. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to just get okay to to there. Okay. Like, it's hard to love somebody. See, that's why I was trying to break apart my my meanings. Uh, uh, hmm. So, uh, I'm trying to fucking figure out how to word this now, just for my own sake. All right, have you ever been friends with someone who's really down on themselves? I mean, yes. like, really down. It's hard after a while. It really is. Because they're, they're mopey, they're depressed, they... When you don't love yourself and you don't accept yourself, you move in a way that promotes non-love and non-acceptance. You know, it's one thing to love them still. It's another thing to involve yourself with them still. Like, as much as it sucks to say, when someone gets really down and depressed, it's hard to want to be around them. When I'm down, depressed, mopey, sorry for myself, it's harder to be around me. And I understand that. Like, I would not blame somebody for not being around me. So I don't think they would love me any less. I don't think they'd care for me or think I'm not worthy of their love. But I do think that they would change their involvement with me. Does that make sense? Like, so I feel like the type of energy a person has and gives off is very different if they do learn to love and accept themselves. Some, if someone's convinced that they're not and they're not even going to try, I mean, then they're going to keep doing things that promote and give evidence to how much they're not worthy of love and acceptance because that's how they view themselves. Like when I had low self-worth, I emitted that like nonstop. So I wouldn't be, I wouldn't blame somebody for not wanting to be around that, not wanting to constantly try to give me love just for me to reject it and for me to argue with them how much I don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, but I'm not talking about involvement. I'm talking about just in general, because when I hear people say that shit, it just my instant thought is this person is just not loved by anybody and they're alone. So I want to make sure that for those people that don't love or accept themselves and are struggling they need to find some way there. And I know that I would not have found my way there if I didn't have people who loved and accept me unconditionally and were just there. So. Well, yeah, I know that makes it a lot easier and a lot better. Like, nobody wants to not have support and even people in my life who have you know, been difficult to deal with. It's not like they just get written off. I guess I just figure, um, 
where does the line get drawn? Like, where does... Like, you're talking about involvement. I'm not talking about involvement. I'm just talking, like... So, just... so those same people in your life who love you and accept you unconditionally cannot speak to you? Even if they still love and accept you unconditionally, that would that would be enough for you? Or would you want them involved with you to tell you they love you and accept you to be around you, even if you're in a funk or, or being weird, you know, like, so of course it involves involvement. Yeah, but like a certain level. Okay, but it's still involvement. The difference is whether the person is trying, is aware of the fact that they don't love themselves and they need to learn how and they're taking the steps towards it. So if the person is not aware and they, you know, they're always down and it's hard to be around them, you know, it's like, well, dude, I don't really feel sorry for you. Because, you know, when I didn't love myself, I didn't know. So it was just like, whatever, it's being a piece of shit, whatever, fuck y'all. But when I got to a point where it's like, okay, I see the problem and I'm trying to get to it, that's when it was easier to be around me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because when someone is just completely unaware of themselves, they, just like you said, they're they're going through these motions. They're, like, self-defeating. They're not able to see anything else. They're blinded by that trigger, by that feeling. They're reinforcing it. And, and really, like, a lot of people feel that energy. Like, just like when someone's mad, when some shit, weird shit's going on. Like, they feel that energy. So just like when someone's down, like, you even say, you feel it when I'm down. Or when I'm, mm -hmm. like, shut down, you can feel it. So, like, same thing when someone's, like, really self-defeating. And it's hard you know because you don't want to you never want to turn your back on someone like that you don't you don't love them any less but you also kind of need to protect yourself at a point to where you know you can't give and give and give you know yeah it's kind of like trying to love somebody in deep addiction so the person gets addicted to self hate and you know there's only so much that you can do for this person and you have to set boundaries and keep your distance until they beat their head against the wall a thousand times like okay this doesn't work like with deep addiction and like with you know being super down on yourself constantly and then once you just once the person makes a decision to change, that's when you step in and you help them out because they actually want to. So. Yeah, it's so hard. It's hard because, you know, that person, they'll be feeling down. You'll give them the love. You'll give them the support, you know. But when they're unconscious, that's not enough. That's a hole that can't be filled by me, you know? So if I'm unaware that I can't help them and they're unaware that they're doing what they're doing, it's just a whole lot of unconsciousness trying to fill a hole that can't be filled the way you're trying to fill it. So you put a Band-Aid on, you mask it, 
You try, you try, you try. But that's not the way to do it, you know? Right. And, and, you know, let's not get it twisted that, like, the unconditional love is there. You know what I mean? Like, there's still people in my life who've, like, you know, done me wrong who there is a certain amount of unconditional love for. There's just not that unconditional I'm going to, like, expose myself to you. I'm not going to keep banging my head against your wall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, the only way to get there really is... It's just like with addiction, you gotta learn. You gotta realize that it's possible to love yourself. You know, if you don't even think it's possible, you're not even gonna try. Even if you find ways to do it, you're gonna tell yourself it's not possible, and you're gonna reject it. You know, and yeah, that self love's a hard one. Because I know when I was feeling down on myself. I didn't feel like I deserved the love. So you could give me the love and attention. And even if I had it, I'd probably feel worse because I don't deserve it. You know, and then I'm judging myself for how I act, how I treat you. It was almost easier for me to push everyone away because then my surroundings matched my inside. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. felt empty and alone. So if I made myself empty and alone, it fit. But when I had a lot of people around me who did love me truly and wanted me to do better and wanted to support me and wanted to help me, but I wasn't in a place where I wanted to like act as if I was loved, supported, and thriving, it didn't match. You know what I mean? It almost made me feel even more down, like... I feel depressed, super depressed around all you fucking happy people. But, mm. you know, put me in a room by myself. I don't feel like I look so bad by comparison, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I just can't relate with the uh, feeling down and wanting love because of my opposite coping skill trigger isolation, you know? Well, yeah, because there's we have different issues, <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like I have to deal with you, and you have to deal with me. Those are big, major issues. My God. Are right, we done? Yeah.